What's up, poor fam? You know what time it is. Let's, Let's get, get into, into this. this. All right, what's up, poor fam? <laughs> we are into this. Man, you are really far into me. I try. Not that far. I knew you were into me. <laughs> I knew you were into me. I totally knew you were into me, bro. <laughs> What's up, everybody? Yeah. Ryan and JT from the Horror Chronicles. Back at it again. Yes. Today, uh, Ryan's got a cool idea. Yeah, we're going to be talking about uh, some mythological creatures, cryptid-type stuff from Ireland and Scotland. Um, I figured it'd be something fun we can do every now and again, just go to different areas of the world and kind of look at the cryptids and mythological creatures and shit and all that jazz and it's like we're traveling, and we didn't even need a travel agent. Yeah, man. But we'd have to go there. Check that out. We're going to take you guys on a ride. It's not going to be a good one. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll get into that in about a half an hour after hey. we get done jabberjawing. But anyways, what's up, buddy? Oh, not much. Not much. How are you? Uh, I wish I could say the same. You know, I <laughs> had, uh, had a strange week, to say, say the least. Right, right, um, right. But, you know, hey. Uh, we are into that strange shit, so it uh, works I'm, out. For I'm us. into strange stuff, so it sent me down a rabbit hole of having to research some family history, and, and uh, yeah, we'll uh, we'll figure it out. Gotta find we'll out he's out. Anunnaki. <laughs> so <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. I if if you guys uh, just brief synopsis. My my dad passed away uh, like seven years ago, and. Uh, all this weird stuff's coming out of the woodwork now here recently. Uh, my stepbrother came to me and gave me a bunch of stuff that that I couldn't, uh, I can't really wrap my head around because uh, my dad was extremely secretive. Um, uh, but anyway, you know, my, my dad was, him and I were not very close. <laughs> but anyway, uh, so I'm trying to figure all that out, and Ryan's going to help me do some research. But it, it, it is funny, though. One thing that I didn't tell you about a while ago was uh, my wife now, she's like, you know, you ever thought about doing one of those, you know. Three and me? Yeah, like one of those DNA ancestry testing things. And I'm like, fuck no. <laughs> and she's like, but why? I said, with my luck, my DNA will come back to like some heinous crime, like a murder or something. Oh, and, I'm sure. And, and my wife's like, what did you do? I'm like, no, no, I didn't do anything. But, you know, what if my fucking dad killed somebody in the fucking 60s and all of a sudden my DNA is linked to him? I'm like, ah, Dude, all of our I, listen, I don't know that I want to do that. You dig far you know, enough. I'll get the government knocking on my door. And, <laughs> you dig far enough and everybody's been part of something. Yeah. Everybody's been yeah. yeah. We Naturally, we come from a group of people who had to do some heinous shit to stay alive. Right, right. So, I right. mean, just think about it like that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But, you but, know, uh, my sister but did. But anyway. My, we've done just... that 23andMe shits, you know. Um, oh, did you do it? Yeah, well, my sister did. Okay. And uh, it comes out, we're like 45% Irish, Scottish, and then the rest is all mutt. Right. You know what I'm saying? But Well, what I'm afraid is going to happen is, is find out, you know, my dad's not my dad or... My mom's not my real mom, or you know that that's uh, and it's like I you know yeah that happens every day though. <laughs> I don't know if I'm well. Both my parents are gone, you know. Right. And, uh, it, it's not. It, 
it's not like it would change me, but it would affect me. Right. You know? And oh, I you just know. I just don't know that I want to know about it. You know. I like my life the way it is. I got a beautiful wife and a beautiful house. And sometimes I ask myself, Well, how did you get here? <laughs> Boom! I'm here I've, all week, folks. And you got a beautiful co-host. <laughs> oh, quick shout out. Congratulations to Jim and Robin. Uh, one of my good buddies, uh, Jim Hicks, the guitar player from Lunatic, got married yesterday. Ooh. They had a beautiful ceremony. I drove three fucking hours to go to a wedding, and uh, nah, they had a, they had a really really nice ceremony and a really cool uh, really cool reception, and the food was really good, uh, dude. But it, it's funny. Okay, so I got I got to talk about this because it was the coolest thing. They had they had you know a traditional Catholic wedding. And uh, I'm like, okay, I don't really know what to, you know, I was born Baptist. And, you know, I'm like, okay, I don't know what to expect here. But anyway, they go through this whole ceremony. And then, uh, you know, the, I don't even know what you call him. the Priest? Priest, yeah. Says, okay, we're going to do the uh, lighting of the unification candle uh, while the pianist plays a interlude. And she starts playing... And it was nothing else matters. Ah, Metallica, dude, playing yes. in a Catholic church, dude. I was like, oh my god, that had now, to have been it, Jim. Was dude. it like by like Apocalyptica or something like that? No, I mean she was actually playing it on the piano. Oh, that's right. You said there's pianist. That's badass. Yeah, it was awesome, dude. I was like, dude, that is so cool. I am surprised Jim got got that pulled off. Not really. I mean, honestly, but, though, you uh, know that song, and it sounded beautiful. You know the way she played it. I mean, I was like, wow, dude, that's, that's impressive. That song is. One of my, that's like my, it's like one of my fucking very, very favorite songs of the whole, period. One of my favorite songs, period. Like, so one or two on my list yeah. of favorite songs because it's the lyrics. Um, the song is great. You know, I love them talking but the lyrics are just, they really hit home for me. <laughs> Jim's going to be mad because he listens to our show and I just gave the cat out of, uh, just let the cat out of the bag. But uh, no, it, it was, it was a beautiful ceremony. I'm so happy for him. They, they look so happy together. Man. It's awesome, it's, man. It's awesome. That's sweet. That's what I told I my love wife. you, buddy. So just in case you go, know, if something ever happens to me before it happens to you and I pass away, you're going to be hearing that song playing at my yeah. funeral. Yeah. Uh, but it's going to be at, probably by Apocalyptica. Yeah. But uh, I tell you, you talk about talk about weird weird songs to hear at a funeral. It wasn't weird, but it kind of it hit me. So one of my best friends from when I was a kid uh died suddenly um well he died in an accident but uh he was pretty young and him and i at the point at that point we weren't talking a whole lot but we were still really good friends you know and uh i remember at his funeral they uh they played wish you were here from pink floyd Mm -hmm. and dude now every time i hear that song it just hits me it's different man Yeah. yeah it just hits me completely different man yeah, but that's what music do to you. But anyway, we're not here to talk about weddings and funerals. We're here to talk about creepy shit. Yeah, well, it's cool stuff, you know. And I got yeah. to do some deep to digging into some of the stuff. You know what? It's actually pretty cool. And some of the stuff you'll kind of find interesting, interesting because I know some of the stuff that you're into. But um, you know, so we're gonna be talking a little bit about. I am into some weird shit. You know? <laughs> 
I say two fingers, better make it three. <laughs> God, hell, get that thumb in there. <laughs> I put my thumb in there every day. All the time. But no, so we're going to be talking about Irish and Scottish mythological creatures, cryptids, you know, folklore, some of the stuff like that, you know. Um, and, you know, that's a very old culture. And uh, It's one of the oldest cultures in the so world. So a lot of the stuff that you see and that you think of as, you know, in the horror world or whatever, or creepy world, a lot of it come from that area. So it's pretty cool. So um, we've all heard of Banshees. And Banshees started out there. I mean, ah! yeah. Banshee. Banshee. Screaming Banshees. So Banshees are actually part of the fairy family. <laughs> believe it fairy. or not the fairy family and uh what it's kind of yeah don't even make sense. It, it's it's kind of crazy okay all right but uh I'll roll with it so um supposedly they lived in caves and dark places and things like that um their description of you know they're very kind of ugly like Frail-looking older women who have long fingernails and, you know, freaking just not really good to look at. You know what I'm saying? And they wailed a lot. So there's actually different types of banshees. There's I'm been just going to keep my versions. mouth shut. <laughs> there's different versions of banshees. You know, some of them were considered that they would just, that banshees followed cert a family. Mm-hmm. And when they went Anytime a family member was getting close to dying, they would hear the wail of the banshee. Right. Um, some of them, some say the banshee came around during wartime, when there was extreme battles and stuff like that. When a um, a soldier would die or get close to dying, they would hear the wails of the banshees through the uh, through the woods and stuff like that, because they're you know calling that soul. Yeah. Um, yeah. and some say that they haunt cemeteries and places like that. Looking for souls, you know what I'm saying? Looking for souls. So if you hear on. the scream, you know. You better run like hell. There's good possibility, so you better watch out. So banshees, everyone's heard of the banshees. Everyone's descri- heard them describe stuff. We know what they do and what they're all about. But I thought it was pretty interesting that there was different. That's cool, man. That there was different, you know, variations of what they were, um, things like that. Uh, and yeah, and so some of them, when I told you about the ones who said that they follow people, like families, they throughout the whole, you know, lifespan of the family. So same banshee, pretty cool shit, creepy shit. It would make sense for like a lot of poltergeist activity and stuff, because a lot of that will follow a family from place to place, and and it's funny because inevitably the family is like, we got to get out of this house. The house is haunted. Well, it's not really the house that's haunted. It's your fucking family. It's your family. <laughs> um. So it's 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 pretty cool, you know, um, the concept of those. Now this next one we talked about is pretty cool. I think it's 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 awesome and creepy ass descriptions and stuff of them and whatnot. But they are called the red caps. You ever heard of those? I the name sounds familiar. Yes. So red caps, they're like malevolent goblins. You know what I'm saying? They're like mm-hmm. creepy goblin things, and they're um, they're originally found on the borders of Scotland and England, right on the border of Scotland and England, um, and. Uh, they like to take over like abandoned castles and towers and things like that, especially ones that were like involved in bloody wars or murders and stuff like that. Because they fed off that stuff, you know. And describing them is they're like they got fiery red eyes, you know, iron boots, sharp claws, 
and very fast, strong for their size and stuff like that. But the main key feature was the red caps that they wore. And what's crazy about these red caps is, do you know how they got the caps to be red? They would soak the caps in the blood of their victims. Yes. So they soaked the caps in the blood of their victims. And they killed often because if they did, because here's the thing, if their caps ever went dry or discolored, they would die. Wow, that's interesting. Yeah. Okay, so I'm going to bring something up here. Okay. There is actually, as soon as you started talking about this, it reminded me, there is a movie on Shudder right now called Unwelcome. And it is about... The red caps? These red caps. Yeah. Uh, in this movie, this movie came out in 22. Oh, I think I've seen that. I, oh, um, I was going to watch it. I haven't watched it yet. It, it, it's actually a decent movie. Um this couple moves into a a shire, I mm-hmm. guess is what you could call it, uh, a home that belonged to her grandmother or great aunt. I don't really remember that much about it, but one of the things that they told her uh, when she was taking over the house was she had to put out a bowl of raw meat and blood. Right, 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 right. Uh, outside the front or outside the back door to appease the spirits. And she thought it was weird, but she forgot to do it one night and they came in the house. And uh, anyway, very, very cool movie. It's, it's, uh, yeah, the it, red it caps, was interesting. The red cats are pretty interesting, pretty creepy little fuckers. Yeah. And they, they show them, you know, a lot in this movie, you know, and they look like little, like, Demified gnomes or something. Right. I mean, yeah. they're they get they had like really long, sharp teeth, and like you were saying, the long fingers and long fingernails, and mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, and like so they really they would kill. Usually, they would kill anyone that comes into like travelers that would just try to take refuge in the abandoned castles and stuff they were that they were residing in that they were right. taking over. Yeah, they they would really they would befriend the people that live there as long as they well that's sacrifice the to you, them you could so like you could befriend them um there was a certain um uh, king or whatever that did he had one that he had befriended um and everything but you know once you stop doing what you need to do that's when it becomes a problem so red cats are pretty interesting pretty cool pretty important um part of the history over there too so Pretty cool little story. Now, this next one, um, I'm going to go ahead and jump to it just because uh, this next one you're going to love because it's a story that started one of your favorite stories and one that you watch every Halloween. Oh, <laughs> that's not the one I'm talking about. Oh, it's not? No. Oh. This one is called the Doolahan. Okay. And the Doolahan is one of your favorite characters, the Headless Horseman. Oh, that is one of my favorite characters. This is what this, but this is before. But the he's head, a Doolahan. This is before the Headless Horseman. This oh, is where that because the Headless Horseman's a Hessian. This is where that came from. Okay. So the Doolahan, he is. So he has a whip made of from a human spine. Fuck yeah. Okay. Yeah, you're gonna love this shit. So he has a whip made out of a human spine. Um, he drives, or drives, he rides a black 
where he actually drives. He drives a black coach, and the name of the coach is called the Kosti Bodhar, and it's bound in worm-chewed Paul, which is the worm, and um, and human flesh. Dude, I fucking love it already. Okay, so the, the his coach is made out of chewed up, basically <laughs> shit from worms and human flesh. That's what it's made out of. The coach is uh, also decorated with human bones and candles made out of human skulls. It's pretty crazy. Yeah. So the coach is being pulled by six headless horses. Oh, the horses are headless. Yes. And they, they're so fast that it oh, poor horses. catches the road on fire. Oh, kind of like Ghost Rider. Basically. Yeah. So, you know, to set it up, so, you know, you see, like, you got this thing, headless horseman guy, holds his head up, and he can see for miles all around him by holding his head up. That's cool. So you got this headless horseman. He's got a whip made out of human spine. Freaking driving this. Basically, Necronomicon freaking... <laughs> Necronomicon. <laughs> fucking coach. I love it. Okay? Drugged by six headless horsemen, or headless horses. Uh, so, Doolin also, like I said, when he holds his hand up, he can see for miles. So, he, what, what he does is, is that he calls a person's name. And when he calls that person's name, it pulls their souls, draws their souls from their body. And if you think you're, you know, tough enough and you want to look outside, even though he's not calling your name and you want to see it, I don't know if you remember this, where I tell you not to look at him. So they say that if you look and you see the headless horseman or the doulahan, mm-hmm. you hear him call the person's name, that person's getting ready to die, that his, right. he's calling their soul from their body. If you look out, your eyes fill with blood. And sometimes you can die from it, for die from fright, or you just go blind. For the rest, damn. Of your life. So that's the that Dula Hand story damn. for you. Dula Hand. Yeah, pretty pretty cool. There's another interesting one. It's kind of a horse thing called the. Uh, the that's a, that's right. I'm I'm in the middle of writing a bunch of music. I'm gonna be writing a song about this dude. Yeah, Dula Hand. Fuck yeah, dude. That's what I'm saying. So I figured you'd like that one. You yeah, know, that's the bad. Whole ass, horseman, dude. That part of it, and that's kind of where that headless yeah. horseman thing came from. Yeah. You know, um, and very interesting. That makes sense because Washington Irving could have possibly known the story of this dual hand. Mm-hmm. Dual hand? Dual hand. Yeah. Uh, could have possibly known this and just kind of adapted it for. Which we're going to talk about another one that had, definitely was sub- adapted by something that we all. Okay. We all, all right. know. But anyways, uh, there's another one called, the, I didn't write a whole bunch down about it, but it's called the Nuclevi. The Nuclevi. This one's kind of crazy. If you look up the images of it, it's so the Nuclevi. It's a horse, giant horse or whatever, with a human rider looking like on us on its back, right? Mm-hmm. Not too crazy, except for the fact that basically the human torso is coming out of the center of the of the horse, right? The horse is completely skinned. So is the so is the human. You can see nothing but the muscle and the bones and the veins. You can literally, their story, you literally can see the veins filling with black blood flowing through its veins 
around its entire horse human body. The horse has one eye. It's in the center of the of its head. And the rider on the back, his head is like three feet wide. This giant head. Skin, skin completely. So all you're seeing is muscle and bone and, and blood, veins and everything, right? And the arms are super long on the, on the, on the back on the rider. Long enough to drag the ground. They live in the sea, but they also come onto the land to take the souls of people and drag them back down into to the water with them. Okay. Kind of like the Kelpie. Kind of like the Kelpie. But this one is more fucking just grotesque. grotesque. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Gotcha. So it's pretty cool. I didn't write a whole bunch. I didn't write nothing on it. I started to name down because I thought it was cool. I could describe it, you know. It was really cool the way it looked. I mean, think, think about it. To see a giant red meaty fucking muscle thing with a human, half a human coming out the back of it. That's, Big red meaty muscle bound prick. Yeah. Not me. But <laughs> See those at the gym every time I go there. Oh, well, talking, talking about talking about me, you motherfucker. Uh, but, but no, that one was interesting. Yeah, uh, you know, and just a little short one on the kelpie. If you guys Go don't ahead. know what the kelpie is, uh, the kelpie was a mythological creature that would come up out of the water and took the form of a horse. Typically, it could take the form of a man or a woman, you know, but typically it took the form of a horse. And what it would do is it would lure children in. Uh, in offering them rides on the horse. And as soon as the child will get on the horse's back, they would automatically be attached to it somehow. And then the horse would go back in the water and drown them. And the, the kids couldn't get back off the horse. Right. Pretty crazy. Yeah. And there's a lot of stories about uh, different Kelpies. You know, and uh, Kelpies, you know, are really rooted in that, you know, uh, oh God, that you know, Irish folklore, the mythological creatures. mythological stuff. Um, you know, and another one, uh, you know, a big one that we haven't even mentioned yet, and I don't know that he's got it wrote down. Of course, you know, uh, all of our favorites, the Loch Ness monster. Um, there's been several theories on it. Uh, I did. It was funny. I was watching something today. And they were talking about Loch Ness itself. And Loch Ness is the largest body of water on the entire continent of Britain. Mm-hmm. Uh, they said there is more water in the loch than all the rivers and streams combined in the entire country. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it, it makes you wonder, and, and it is plausible, that a creature of this size could go undetected for centuries. Right. You know, if it swam to a deep enough depth, nobody would nobody would know it was there. And from what I hear, it, the, the number that I remember, I think the lock is like 400 feet deep or something like that. And my question is, do they know for sure there's no, like, underground caves that can swim through? I don't think so. You know? I don't think so. Because that's another interesting thing about what we're talking about here, uh, Ireland and Scotland, and, and uh, honestly, the British continent, uh, is there is a lot of underground, like, passageways and stuff there. Mm-hmm. Because it's really weird, like, uh, there's not a... This is going to sound strange. There's not a lot of trees and forests. In Britain, I, there are trees and there are small, you know, 
but not like huge like forests like we have in the United States, you know, <clears throat> thickly packed trees and densely, you know, in dense areas. But uh, over there, you know, they have like these wide open fields for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of miles, you know, and then they'll have a sporadic, you know, you know, some trees or something that might, you know, so they don't have these huge dense forests. But what they do have is they have a lot of underground passages that a lot of these things could hide in. Right. And I'll tell you, I've been in some fucking caves, dude, because we live in the cave state. Like, that's where we live at. And I've been in a bunch of caves and. It gets fucking gnarly down there. Yeah. As a matter of fact, I just watched The Descent and The Descent 2 the other day. Pretty damn good movie. I forgot how how, much, how good those were. <clears throat> but um, you get down in the fucking caves, dude. It's, it's fucking whole another situation, man. Yeah. It's pretty gnarly down there. People are crazy. I don't think I ever yeah. want to go that far. As far as I've been, in, I was two and a half hours into one cave. Wow. And that was enough for me. <laughs> I was like, we got to get the fuck out of here. But uh, no, Dude, it was funny. My brother and my brother-in-law and I went into. Uh, we used to float the Merrimack every year, and there's a cave on the Merrimack River uh, called Green Cave, I think is what it's called. And it, the the mouth of it is really big, and you know you can get back there quite a ways, and that gets really narrow. Um, we decided we were going to go back there, and we had planned for it because we were floating. And uh, so we took everything with us, and we uh, took flashlights and gear and stuff, and we get back in there, and it, it, like, narrowed down to a small passageway, but once you get through that passageway, it opened up into this big room, you know? And we're in this room, and I'm like, man, this is freaking cool, and I'm shining my flashlight around. That's... And I, I look up at the ceiling of the this cave, and the ceiling's moving. It's rippling. And he's like, I, you know, I was like, I don't know, 14, 15 years old, something like that. And I'm like, oh, my God, check that out. And he's like, oh, damn. And he puts his hand over my flashlight, and it was it was full of bats. And all these bats woke up and went went swooping out. And, you know, of course, now it's pitch black because we don't have our flashlights on. But it was funny because there was a bunch of kids outside the mouth of the cave there was like a school field trip thing, and these guys were repelling off the mouth of the cave, and all of a sudden, all these tens of thousands of bats go flying out the mouth of this cave. All we could hear is these people just screaming and in a panic, you know? And, uh, yeah, I never got such a stern talking to in my life. And when we come out of that cave, you know, thought we shot their dog or something. <laughs> it, was, it was bad, dude. Dude, well, and it that's... It was bad. Well, and that's dangerous too, because like bat, you know, bat guano or bat poop, right, can make you go fucking nuts. Like it can literally drive you. That's why it's bat shit crazy. Yep, that's right, one hundred percent correct. But like also, uh, rabies and all that shit. Yeah. And, yeah. and then a lot of the government owns a lot of caves now. They bought them out um, that because they said they're saving the bats. Yeah. Well, so here for the past few years. The bat population has been dying off in the state of Missouri, and I, it may be countrywide, but they've got this uh, thing called white nose syndrome. And uh, cocaine, man, it's hell of a drug. Well, it's funny that you say that because it looks like they've been snorting cocaine. Cocaine's a hell of a drug, man. They uh, they get this white uh, residue around their nose, and it's killing them off. And so they've been trying not to 
you know, so now they have regulations for going into caves. Oh, trust and all me, I know. Stuff. It's it's they crazy. Block them off and bar them off. Yeah. Uh, Save yeah. the bats. Inter- interesting. Interesting. Don't let Ozzy in. Okay, man. Sharon. Sharon. Sharon, there's fucking bats everywhere. Anyways, uh, <laughs> so uh, speaking of bats. Ooh, did the- hey, I'm on. He glitched at the fucking front of that hat. <laughs> to go, you need to glitch to the front of the Mustang. It's a horde. Dude, that would be good, man. <laughs> Think he could make me a bigger one? Someone would steal that son of a bitch off there real Fuck quick. Yeah, like. they would. That's hilarious. Anyway. But, anyways, so the next one I'm going to talk about something we've all heard of. It's in folklore all over the fucking place, just by a different name. And it's this a one. Rose by any other name. Yes. Um, the bar cat, the bar guest. What is the bar guest? It's a giant black dog with red eyes. Oh, so hellhounds. hellhounds, basically yeah. the same fucking thing. But as I said, <clears throat> this is Irish and Scottish folklore. It's been long for a very, 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 very long time. Mm-hmm. So this is where it all originates from, you know? Um, but like I said, it's a giant black dog with red eyes. I mean, huge. Huge freaking dog. Pitch black. Freaking huge. Freaking huge, man. Of course, they haunt at night. They go around at nighttime. And they are considered a harbinger of death. Kind of like the Mothman. Correct. If you hear the howl of the Barguest, you know that someone was going to be dead by morning time. Mm. And... It's also another reason why they... It was kind of one of those stories they Keep told... Keep to the road, boys. Yep. Stay off the moors. Right. And the reason why I tell the kids, you know, don't go... Don't drift too far off. The bar guest will get you. Mm-hmm. Stuff like that. Um, but yeah, you know, just to... I figured I'd mention it because, like I said, this is kind of the origination of a lot of these things. Um, but the, you know, bar guest, basically a hellhound. Um and you don't necessarily have to sell your soul, though, for them to come get you with this. A bar guest is coming for souls of the, of someone that's going to die. So when you heard that howl, you know someone's dying someone's tonight. Dying. Somebody's dying tonight. <laughs> so that was an interesting one. I know yeah, we all that's know cool. we all know that one, of course. Yeah, yeah. You know. Um, this next one I'm going to talk about. Um, there's a lot of different, um, I think, variations of this that you hear of now and throughout, you know, different cultures and things. But this one's called the Ben Nye. And the Ben Nye is an omen of death, harbinger of death, basically. Um, also known as the washerwoman. She's often found in the... Do- That's my wife right now. <laughs> I just bought her a new washing machine. Oh, shit. But uh, she's often found in dark places washing the blood from the clothes of the person who is going to die. So. Wait, why yes. does the person that's going to die have blood on their clothes? It's just the omen. It's the, oh. You know what I'm saying? It's the whole mythological piece of it. Gotcha. Um, so, yeah, she's usually seen washing the blood out of these clothes for the person that's going to going to die. Um, description of her, you know, very, you know, 
frail old woman, super long fingers, decrepit looking, long nappy hair, you know. And this is this is actually part of it. If you look it Dated up, her. I don't want to hear nothing about it. This is actually true. A, a really long, saggy boobs that she throws over her shoulder to keep him out of her way while she's washing. <laughs> over the shoulder boulder holder. This is a hundred percent part of it. Look it up. And it said that if you cut, can you imagine this bitch coming at you? <laughs> well, you know what I was Just thinking of. Get your eye poked out. Do you know what I was thinking of when I heard that? The chick from It. Whenever the part two, chapter two, oh. the new one, when she goes into the lady's the house. old lady's house. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. So because yeah, she had the saggy boobies. Yeah, yeah. And- so it said that, like I said, she throws him over her shoulder, whatever, blah blah. But if you if you come up to her, and you suckle from her teat, from her teat, she will fill your head with knowledge. But if you don't, and you're caught, you will uh, what to say? I think he said you'll be complete. You'll be uh, completely dumb, or it'll be some some kind of like. You know, you're completely shunned, done for the rest of your life, whatever. Like, I'm telling you what, if I suck on her teat and she fills my head with knowledge, I'm going to fill her head with something else. <laughs> I don't care uh, how bad green You know, she, so like I said, she's really, the description of a really, you know, long hook nose, yeah, long yeah. fingers, you know, all that kind of jazz. Kind of like a witch, so to speak, you know. Um, but here's some, something that's kind of crazy about it. Um, so what I was saying about the whole thing was that, like, you know, you hear variations of the, like the woman of the lake, the woman in white kind yeah. of situation, kind of yeah. stuff like that. It's all variations of that. But um, what's crazy about this one is they say if a woman dies during childbirth, that she was doomed to become a Ben Nye. So basically, if she died during giving birth, she would become this. That's how they're. That's how the Ben Nye were created. Huh. Little mythological stuff there, you know, but um, this one's pretty interesting because, like I said, there's a lot of there's a lot of different um, stuff that sprung from this. Yeah, variations. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and then this last one that I'm Ben looking, Nye the Sky and Sky. Yeah, <laughs> there's a bunch oh, of different sorry, ones, guys. Sorry. A bunch of different ones, but I only wrote down a few that I really want to talk about. But this last one <clears throat> is one that basically sprung. An entire genre, an entire fucking just, I mean, I love them. You love them. But this one is called the the Dirac Du. And it's also known as the Red Bloodsucker. The Red Bloodsucker. So it's a beautiful woman. It's a beautiful young woman. Who well, fell in love with a? She was a. She was the daughter of a, of a king. Or a royalty, whatever you want to call it. She fell in love with a commoner. Her dad did not like that. Did not want that to happen. So he, you know, of course, forced her into marriage into a to some other rich older guy. This guy was very abusive. And um. So she killed herself, right? She killed herself. The guy she married quickly found another woman, <laughs> like that night. Um, so she came back 
from the dead to seek revenge on her husband and her father. The night Evelyn came out of the grave. And so how did she seek revenge? How did she get revenge on her father and the... No. Oh. She sucked their blood till they were dry and died. She sucked them off. So who did this inspire and what did this come from? Who else is from Ireland, Scotland area? Bram Stoker. Mm. This is where he got... Got his idea for, for Dracula. Dracula. So she came back to life, and she completely drained her father and her husband huh. of all their blood. And that's where Bram Stoker's got his idea for Dracula. That's cool. And that's what also sprung vampires everywhere. You know, so this... What's pretty cool about that one is that you see the origination. Everyone thinks that, oh, it's Vlad the Impaler, it's, you know, all this other stuff, but... Well, it was a combination of... Right. Right. But this has been along before then. Right. You know right. what I mean? So, these stories that you hear from... This is something I really... Because I, I was watching... I can't remember what... I was watching uh, some movie and it was talking about, like, mythological stuff. And stories and things like, man, I'm gonna look into that, and that's what really got me interested in doing this episode, and like, uh, just knowing where some of this shit originated from, and how it sparked people being, I don't know, like just afraid of certain things. You know, it's like, why are you naturally afraid of this, or where did you hear this from, and that the storyline of that storytelling, where it came from, it's just it's pretty cool where it's at now. You know, with all the vampire movies and stories and things you hear. It's a pretty interesting shit to me. That, that is. So while you were talking, uh, one of the things that popped into my head that, you know, I'm sure a lot of people have heard about this is the story of Spring-Heeled Jack. Uh, Spring-Heeled Jack is an entity in English folklore of the Victorian era. The uh, first claimed sighting of Spring-Heeled Jack was in 1837. Uh, there were later sightings all over the United Kingdom and uh, was especially prevalent in suburban London. I mean, we're getting a little south of where you were just talking about, right. but still part of that British Isle. Uh, there are many theories about the nature and identity of Spring-Heeled Jack. The urban legend was very popular in its time due to the tales of his bizarre appearance and ability to make extraordinary extraordinary leaps to the point that he became the topic of several works of fiction. So, so Spring Hill Jack, what uh there's been a few movies about him. Yeah, yeah. Um uh, one of the ones that, uh, what? Oh God, no! I can't even remember it. Uh, let's see what it says here. Uh, there was actually a movie in 1989 called Spring Heeled Jack. That's what I thought. I knew I. Uh, then uh, in 2010 they did the Strange Affair of Spring Heeled Jack, and then in 2011 they did the Spring Heel Saga. The Spring Heel um, Saga. The Spring Hill Saga. It's kind of like Twilight, you know. Uh, 
But uh, this guy uh, had a very frightful appearance with diabolic physiology, uh, clawed hands, and eyes that resembled red balls of fire. Ooh, red balls of fire. Great balls of fire. Jerry Lee Lewis would have been proud. Uh, one, oh, one report claimed that beneath a black cloak, he wore a helmet and a tight-fitting white garment like an oil skin. Like an oil skin? <laughs> Many stories also mention a devil-like aspect. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, because I remember that that was like the cover of that movie I was talking about. I think it had something to do with that. Yeah, several reports mentioned that he could breathe out blue and white flames and that he wore sharp metallic claws on his fingertips. I could fart out blue and white flames. Yeah, you blue flamer. (laughs) There was another one I was thinking. This one just popped into my head whenever we were talking. There's actually a lot of a lot of different ones. Um, yeah. I just some of the ones that caught my eye and stuff that I want to talk about. Yeah, that's cool, man. Not too bad stuff. I'm, I think we're gonna do this more often, kind of look into different um, parts of the world and kind of look up some of their mythology and stuff like that. Kind of go into those a little bit. What was what was the headless horseman, dude? The Dullahan. The Dullahan. Yeah, I gotta check that. I gotta check that guy out. Yeah, that was one of the cool ones. I was like, oh, that's fucking pretty neat because that was like the originator of it. You know, I have to get into that. And having that fucking spine whip. Yeah, dude, that sounds killer, dude. Yeah, I thought pretty cool. Pretty cool guy. So yeah, something for you guys to check out if you want to look more into it. And um, if you want, and you're listening to this. Leave a comment wherever you can leave a comment, or if you're watching it, same thing, and let us know what part of the world you want us to do next. What area you want to learn some mythological and some uh, cryptid stuff from? So yeah, because there's uh, there's stuff all over the the world. There's a lot of uh, you know mythos from like even places like India. You know, has a oh, lot. A uh, China has a fucking metric shit ton. Egypt as well. We get into some uh, Egyptian Egypt, stuff. yeah. Oh, dude, we need to do that. Mm-hmm. Get into some Egyptian folklore for sure. Yeah, but all right, guys. Yeah, I'd man, you guys got to check. It. Let us know. Leave us a comment. Let us know what you want to hear, and we'll check it out. So yeah, check it out. We love you, horror fam. Like always, you know, you guys are awesome. Give us support. So uh, we'll do our best to get some badass episodes out to you. We're putting some stuff out on, you know. Um, TikTok as well. I'm trying to work on things, guys. I'm be doing a lot of stuff. I'm trying to figure out my non-computer self. Is trying to figure that shit out, but I'm getting We're it slowly but surely. Try and figure out a story time thing or something too. Yeah, we'll do some, put some more episodes up, some shorts and stuff like that. So, but we love you guys. Thank you for support. More importantly, as always, until next time, keep it creepy.